Jackies. See, I wish I was big just once. <laughs> You're really funny. You're really funny. What do you What do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it, it, it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. Well, what do you What do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you're just funny. It's funny the way you tell a story and everything. Well, f funny how? Well, what's What's funny about it? Nicky, no, you got it all wrong. Anthony, he's a big boy. He knows what he said. Now, what'd you say? Funny how? Just... What? Just, you know, well, you're funny. You, you mean... Let me understand this, because maybe just me. I'm a little, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. It, it's funny how? I mean, funny like a clown? Like I amuse you? Like I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? What do you mean I'm funny? Funny how? How, how am I funny? Just, you know... How you tell a story? What? No, 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 no! I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You, you said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Nicky! <laughs> you motherfucker! I almost had him. I almost had him. You stuttering prick! You Frankie? Was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Gabe. You might fold on the podcasting. I'm a gentleman. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit for me. I am the I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's take me, boy. That's Brock. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. I just swallowed double rock pipe. Welcome to... Facing Off, Ooh. a podcast where we take two movies we find to be similar in some way, and we compare, contrast, and rate them. I am your aging gangster of a host, Gabe, <laughs> and this is my fucking wise guy of a co-host, Nick. Oh. What's up, wise guy? Yeah. You, you know, I really, need, I really need my house painted, man. Yeah. Oh, you man. Come over? I heard you paint houses. You come oh, over I heard I paint, paint houses. houses. I heard you paint houses. Cool, man. Uh, uh, how what's you doing? going on, dude? No, I asked you first. Uh, I'm good. Oh, this weekend <laughs> I went to this museum that I think you should check out in Culver City. Have you heard of the Museum of Jurassic Technology? I have. I knew you were going to ask about this. What it's is it about? It's the weirdest. I, I couldn't tell you. What it's is it just about? It's a collection. What's that museum about? It's a collection of a bunch of random scientific artifacts that may or may not be true. And they kind of make you question what's real and what's not. <laughs> what? It's the weirdest place I've ever been. And the inside is laid out like a maze. What? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, yeah, man. So <laughs> Dude, it's, I'm in. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, it's it uh, it's down Santa Monica. When is Free or? Museum Day? Uh, I think that's Sundays. No, there's like oh, you mean like, like a special one, one where every museum? Yeah, we'll. I don't know. This one is ten bucks, but um, that's not bad. I want to check that card. out. Um, How was your weekend? Uh, it was good, man. Just kind of, I don't know. Even balance of working and and not working and playing. Oh, we recorded a, a podcast. With, yeah, that was uh, super fun. Movies that molded me. Yeah, we did that was, that uh, was a little fun. like Skype Zoom uh, podcast with movies yeah. that molded me, and uh, I was a little tipsy for it. It was pretty fun. You were? Uh, yeah, I wasn't as messed up as I one of the guys on it. Uh, so you guys should check out Movies That Molded Me. It's a great podcast. They do really cool yes, things. super and, uh, good people. Omar, Chris, and Elizabeth, you guys are awesome. Yeah. And uh, That was we, a blast. Uh, yeah, we appreciated that. And also, shout out to the Oscars. My favorite Oscars of all time. Yeah, dude. They did the right thing. I mean, like, Renee Zellweger could have gone with not getting an award since she's already won one. She's had the worst speeches. Nobody saw Judy, and the people that did said it sucked. But you know what? Good for her. I don't care. Bong Joon-ho wins original screenplay, best director, and best picture, Dude, and best foreign he's film. He's that boy. He is that boy. I, I love that there was that one tweet that was like, this poor guy just wants his cocktails, and you guys keep giving <laughs> yeah. him awards. He made some funny drinking references. Dude, in it. Oh, man, that was awesome. If you haven't seen Parasite, you should go and watch Parasite, it's amazing. I just recommended it to the HR lady at work. 
Hey, HR lady. She was like, she was talking about how she didn't want uh, to read. I am not HR lady. My name is Pam. How she didn't want to read the subtitles, but she had a good reason. It wasn't like she's too lazy to read the subtitles. She she made the, like, she was like, well, when I read a lot of subtitles, I miss the action. And I was like, no, no, no. The parts of the movie that you, engaging you really yeah. want to see the action, they don't talk much. Like, no. It's not... Also, I mean, here's the thing. Bong Joon-ho said there are a, there's a world of movies out there if you can get over the one-inch barrier that is subtitles. And there are there are incredible amounts of foreign films. I hope that we do some foreign films on Dude, this. Dude, Parasite was one of my favorite things I've, I've ever uh, seen. It's, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Awesome um, in one. Do you have any other shout-outs? No, just movies that molded me. That that seriously was a blast. Our episode comes out on February 21st. I don't know if Gabe already said that, but um, check out Movies That Molded Me. Check out us on Movies That Molded Me on February 21st. Uh, sorry that I... Oh, no. I'm not going to spoil it. Never mind. Not uh, sorry for anything. Well, I got a couple shout outs. Shout Billy, out. Billy, our boy, Billy Steger, Bill? uh, said, great show, fellas. Everyone said you couldn't do it. Did I believe them? No, not for an instant. When they said it couldn't be done, I stood up for your honor. And by God, you did it. You really did it. And guess what, Billy? That's a back uh, backhanded compliment, but we still appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's a super... Thanks for letting us know that nobody that's, believed it. That's us. the most Billy thing I've ever heard. Uh, also, shout out to Aaron Lapping. He was really happy that we're going to do this episode today. So this one's for you, Aaron Lapping. Oh, yeah. Little punk. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to spoil the two movies. If you haven't seen The Irishman yet, I know you guys have seen Goodfellas. If you haven't seen The Irishman yet, I recommend that you go and watch it. It's on Netflix. And if you're too scared about the three and a half hour length, you know, just watch it just in parts. Watch it in I pieces. watch it in parts. Google yeah. how to watch it in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Let me Google this for we you. We kind of did that. Yeah. I did too. I yeah. watched it in like two. Cities. There are certain times that you can stop it and it's, it's all good. Honestly, I liked it. So we took PP breaks at those times. Yeah, pee-pee your heart out. And also give us the synopsis of these two movies. Okay, so Goodfellas is a Scorsese-written and directed film. Uh, in Goodfellas, we follow Henry Hill's ascension to mafia coziness as he works for Polly, a consigliere in the mafia. Through Polly, Hill meets Jimmy and Tommy, his two biggest pals and trigger-happy confidants, and he meets Karen, whom he marries. Oklahoma kid! <laughs> Hill ascends the ranks to such a high point that when he's sentenced to serve some time in prison, he's basically just making really delicious-looking pasta with his boys for a few years. Um, he and Karen hit their rough patches, of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's it downplaying it because yeah. Henry just keeps banging cocaine ladies and boozing with a couple of psychopaths. Hey, cocaine ladies! <laughs> Tommy gets everyone in trouble by shooting too many important people, and he eventually becomes important enough himself for someone else to kill. After getting caught by the police for smuggling cocaine, Henry decides to trade information about the Lufthansa height, the drug running scheme, and countless other lawless affairs for witness protection. Henry always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, fucking rat. Yeah, a rat, Henry. But his life as a good fella only resulted in anonymous living in a random suburb with a resentful wife who ends up leaving him anyways. True. What a schnook. <laughs> the Irishman is a Scorsese newbie that tells the story of Frank Sheeran, a military vet who becomes a mafia hitman for the Bufalinos. Through the rank... Uh, through the rank... What did I mean to write here? I just pulled an Omar, dude. He went up the ranks. <laughs> Ranking As file. he ascends the ranks, he mm -hmm. meets and befriends Jimmy Hoffa, a powerful union boss, oh! and a significant political figure. Frank loses touch with his family, including his daughter. As Hoffa gains more and more support from crime families like the Bufalinos, he grows closer to Frank and further from safety. Hoffa is overly confident and disrespects crime families after his return from a short prison stay. Again, Frank just grows further and further away from his family over time, and it's super duper sad, especially when it lasts three and a half hours. When Frank learns he's been assigned as a trigger man chosen by the crime family to take out Hoffa, he acquiesces to the assignment. He takes out Jimmy Hoffa and paints the walls of a house with his own friend's brains. Frank, oh, Jesus Christ. Frank and associates are convicted on various charges, but not for Hoffa's murder, which remains a mystery to this day. Frank and associates serve time, but Frank is relieved after, released after many years to live out the rest of his days in a nursing home. Frank's daughter, who Dada? Whoa, I got stuck in the yeah, I got data. stuck in the in the Pesci accent. Frank's daughter, who cares for Hoffa, correctly suspects that Frank killed Jimmy. She cuts ties with him, and Frank 
asks for forgiveness in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, we're doing these two movies, obviously two Scorsese movies, and we're going to rank our Scorsese. Uh, th- By the way, it's pronounced Scorsese for anybody out there who is wondering if it's Scorsese. It's Scorsese. Um, but, tomato, uh, tomato. Yeah, uh, but both these movies Dada, are... Daughter. Daughter. Same thing. Dada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both about protagonists rising in the ranks of organized crime right. and then experiencing the negative consequences of those actions. Goodfellas is the first big, cool mobster Scorsese movie with apologies to Mean Streets, which is good. It's just not at this level. Um, yeah. And it's probably most people's favorite of his. Um, and then The Irishman is his... Most recent, um, but it also exists kind of as a commentary on the movies that Scorsese made. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a reflection of the issues of glorifying mobsters and the issues of slipping out of re- relevance and power with age. Right. So, so that's we, why these are fun ones to compare. Yeah, and we're going to use our normal one to seven scale. One is the lowest, four is the middlest, and seven is the highest. <laughs> um, we are going to use our normal five categories, actoring, yeah. spectacularity, originality, eye candy, and legacy, probably not in that order because Gabe comes up with the order before we do this and I don't know what it is. Yeah, sorry um, about it. What started off? We're going to try and do this one co- sort of quickly, right? But we yeah, might not. Yeah, as opposed to the we'll movies. See, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah we'll see. In, in stark contrast to the movies. Well, let's start it off, What Nick. is Umaro Nuno, Gabe? We will start it off with actoring. Actoring, actoring is a category so where we talk actoring. about... It's the only one I knew was coming. It was say. either that or spectacularity. Actoring is a category where we talk about the performances. So we talk about how good the acting was uh, and the character writing. And then if the director and writer gave the actors the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities. Let's start it off with Goodfellas. Okay, I'm I'm going to ask you a question. Did you give these the same score? I might. I actually am going to maybe adjust. You might. Okay, so I gave Irishman a seven. Wait, we started with Goodfellas. All right, let's do Irishman. Oh, yeah. I gave also gave Goodfellas a seven. Okay. <laughs> Which one do you want to start with? Irishman? We'll start with Irishman. Irishman? Okay. Yeah. So I honestly thought Pacino should have won. Um, yeah. I don't know what you think about well, that. I, I definitely think that. I'm he fine with Brad Pitt one. winning that award, but... It was like, I out of the supporting actors this year, probably my favorite was Song Kang-ho, the um, dad in uh, Parasite. Yeah, but he wasn't nominated. But exactly. But out of the ones nominated, I wanted have. Al Pacino to win. But it was like an achievement award for Brad Pitt. And he was great. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just didn't feel like it was that crazy of a performance compared to just how he is in real life. Yeah, and I guess he does just play Hoffa. So, so Pacino plays Hoffa. No, I felt like... It, th- Pacino playing Hoffa is just like different than any Pacino we've seen. It's a little bit of the middle did period I say, of his wait, career. Wait, who did I say should have won? P- you said Pacino. And yeah. And then Pitt won. And so I was talking about how Pitt's oh, performance Pitt's wasn't performance very far wasn't, off. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying Pacino's performance no, wasn't okay. far off. You, yeah, you, I totally agree. I thought Pacino's performance is, as Jimmy Hoffa is like... It's of, unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I thought it absolutely... It's unbelievable. I thought it should have won... Uh, I th- I thought that Pesci was a standout. I have a soft spot for the man. It took uh, Scorsese fifty plus tries to get Pesci to come out of retirement for this, and it paid and right. it paid off. Um, I honestly don't think De Niro is the best he's ever I mean, been. I think that's why he didn't get nominated in this movie. He seemed um, like a shoe in. And I just want to mention that uh, Anna, pa- how do you pronounce her name? Packin. Packin. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's barely in it, and there was like people were like, "Oh, I can't believe," but that's she's why like barely she's... in this movie. And uh, Crystalia was like, "Yo, she chose to be in this movie. She it's asked why to be... she was chosen. Yeah, she's she so was good. chosen because she's so good at nonverbal acting, and she's she's so... better at nonverbal acting than verbal acting. She is so good at nonverbal acting. Yeah. She is great in this movie. Um, obviously, no one could have directed this without Scorsese." And then just quick shout outs to Stephen Graham is always great. Yeah, I, mean, I want to talk about Stephen Always Graham. great. Yeah. Ray Romano is fantastic in this. Bobby oh, Cannavale is one of my favorites. And Harvey Keitel is also pretty freaking great. I th- Okay, so... I don't think there are any like, nah. I'm mostly at your level. I gave it a six. Um, I, I, I really want to highlight Stephen Graham and Al Pacino are both so good. If you don't know who Stephen Graham is, he plays Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire and yeah. he's also in Taboo and a couple other things. He's an amazing I actor. Know he's in Taboo. He, uh, yeah, he's Atticus. He has like the tattoos on his head oh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, he just is incredible. All the scenes with them, 
Like the scenes, the scene where they're in jail and he's trying to like work out a deal and Hoffa's just being an asshole to him. And then the scene where they get, they have that lunch meeting and Hoffa continues to be an asshole to him. And he's like, dude, you're going to get killed is <laughs> so incredible. I kind of wish that Stephen Graham was the one that was recognized as the second actor um, instead of Joe Pesci. I did think Joe Pesci was good because this is a completely different Pesci than we're used to. Right. Um, it's cool and unique and it shows how talented he is. I don't know if he should have been nominated, but it is interesting, interesting seeing these two movies side by side, uh, Goodfellas and The Irishman, because yeah. of how he's like, very quiet and subtle he is. Yeah. I love the scene when he walks in and, he, and he's covered in blood and he just looks defeated and he just looks at his wife and then she just like understands and she's like, go take this off, I'll clean it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I will say I feel that it was a waste of Jesse Plemons, who's one of my favorite actors, yeah. and I don't even know why the fuck he was in the movie. I felt like there could have been more with Anna Packin. Um, I like Dude, how it I was. I it was perfect how subtle it was. I just thought there was so much with the with the girl, like when she was a girl, and oh, like see, it just okay. felt a little bit less. But but that's what would happen. I also, I mean, the the character writing for the leads was really good. I also think Harvey Keitel was kind of wasted in this, except for that one scene where he's like, "Do you know who else owns it?" And he goes, "No." He's like, "I do." Oh, who who else owns it? He's like. No, I do. I own it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I uh, just thought he was. Yeah, he was oh, funny. I, I just felt like it, it wasn't the best of everyone, except for Al Pacino. That's and fair. The best of Al Pacino is Godfather Part Two, but this is like a close second. Oh to me. man, okay. All right, okay. let's talk about that's a six for me and a seven from Nick. So you gave Goodfellas a seven. I also gave Goodfellas a seven. Yeah. I just didn't want to compare them really. Okay. Like I didn't want to like say that one is better, but like now that you're saying it, like it isn't the best performances from everyone. But I don't know that it's no, it's the best. Like Joe Pesci won for Goodfellas. Yeah. And he absolutely deserved it. I mean, uh, he's so good. He's amazing. Goodfellas. De Niro is I don't think De Niro's the best that he is he's ever the, in Goodfellas, well, but because he's it's also like, it's not a leading role for But him. he's yeah, he's like like a real secondary character. Like one supporting role that I think is amazing by Robert De Niro is and he got nominated for it is Meet Silver Lockers. No, Silver Linings Playbook. I think he's incredible yes. in Silver Linings Playbook. He is great. Oh, dude, he's so good in that. Yeah. Yeah, and then Ray Liotta, like, I teetered back and forth, but he at the end, like, he's just he's just Henry Hill. Yeah. Like, he is so, he makes you think that it's, like, an actual person. Yeah. By the I mean, end he is an actual person. Well, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But, like. You believe that you Yeah, fell I believe that Ray character. Liotta is, is Henry Hill, like. By he the has the most annoying laugh in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like in his fucking rat teeth. But it's gonna uh, really peak on the microphones, probably. Uh, I don't even care. <laughs> He's got great narrating voice, though. I love. He does. There I are sometimes the that it seems flat, and that's like one sort of knock. Yeah. Uh, Polly is like, oh fuck you, pay me. You want to go to the laundry? Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> I love that. Like Polly, the actor that plays Polly is fine, but he works in that role. Dude, I I couldn't disagree more. Okay, fine. And then there's one actress that I just want to point out just sucks. You think the, Lorraine Bracco sucks? No, the main one. Oh, no, no, she's fantastic. The co-core? No, uh, the one that's in Entourage. She's good. Or yeah, the other, yeah. or the, the other, or the other entourage? cocaine lady. No, no, no. She's she's the uh, the, the one that he yeah is the publicist at the end, the younger right. one. I'm blanking on her name. She's There's a good another. Actress. Well, she's not a cocaine lady. She's a mistress in the middle. I forget her name. The blonde one. Yeah, she doesn't do much. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The one where Polly sits her. No, no. They send her out. Oh, Polly right, 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 right. And, he's, and like, he's like, hey, man, you got to figure out your fucking life, like, dude. Yeah. They're coming to me. <laughs> I love when Jimmy is like, dude, my fucking wife is coming to me. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like um, so No, no, mother. Lois at the end. Oh, yeah. She sucks. Yeah. Like, But it, she just kind of sucks as a person, too. So it's almost like, a like I got to get my hat. It's my lucky hat. Dude, she goes, I know what to do. Yeah. Ooh. And she goes like, dude, I wrote... D O O U U U U U. She goes yeah. like, I know what do. to do. Yeah. Do. And I was like, oh, dude, stop it. She did um, kind of suck. That's that's it. That's all I got. I mean, I, I like Ray Liotta. I think like he's really great in the scene when Tommy kills Billy Bats. Like, uh, oh, he dude. also Billy Bats is so similar to Billy Batson, the uh, Shazam. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
it, when they do it at the bar, but then when they're eating dinner afterwards at Tommy's mom's place, yeah. it's like he Ray Liotta's acting is so good. Oh, the guy that, that was quiet like you. Uh, he also is so great in the last third of the movie as like a druggie. Um, and, and I love the way that they make him like narrate faster at the end. Yeah. Um, Joe Pesci is amazing. If you don't like walk out of this movie only talking about Joe Pesci, you watch the wrong movie because yeah. he's just so good. This is his movie. Um, but like... He has more energy packed in him than any actor I've ever seen. He's a psychopath in yeah, this movie. It, and it's, it's all about like little man syndrome for it's him. so scary. He's just like, it's insecurity and overcoming all of that with like rage and violence to get power. His acting in the scene when the guy at the bar is like, uh, Billy Bats is talking about the shoe shining. He's like, go get your fucking shoe shining box. He's, he does the full emotional range spectrum. Yeah. The first he walks in, he's insecure about it. And he's like, hey man. I don't do that no more. And then he's like, gets angry and then he comes back and like kills him and how fucking depraved he is when they kill the guy and they're talking and they're cutting him into pieces and they're like, hurry up over there. Like it's so messy. Yeah. Up. They're like making fun of Ray Liotta for barfing. Did you notice that Robert, well, Robert De Niro is Irish in this, which is weird um, because in the Irishman, they give him blue eyes to tell us that he's Irish, but he's yeah, just Ray somehow Liotta's even half though, Irish in this movie too. Yeah, it, well, yeah, and then his like opening line is, "All right, the Irishman is here. Uh, time to take all your guineas, money, or whatever." Wow. Um, pretty funny. Um, he also was forty-seven at the time, and they laughably said at the beginning that he couldn't have been older than twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Oh, yeah, which is like our age. Yeah, uh, he still <laughs> looks like more <laughs> young. Instead of like the de-aging, which we'll get into in Eye Candy in The Irishman, uh, I do want to say I thought people don't talk about how good Paul Servino is as Polly. Like, I think Polly is incredible. The part when he scolds Henry after prison is like a really, really good scene about not getting into the drug thing. Also, I love, there's this one guy named Frank Severo who's like, he's the guy with the thick eyebrows who's in Godfather that's like, hey, grace to me, como se va? Is he in this? What is he? Yeah. And did you forget, dude, I forgot the fucking Samuel L. Jackson is in this. What? He's in it for a second. He's the guy, he's the stacks or whatever. And Joe Pesci shoots him. What? Yeah. The only black guy in the movie. <laughs> That's uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson? It's one of his early roles. So Whoa. I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> I think it's really mind. good. I don't think it's the best acting except them for both Joe Pesci. Sixes. Yeah. Interesting. You know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with a seven. You get a seven, good fellas. I love that. All right. Let's move on to our next category. That was actoring. Uh, let's do spectacularity. Okay. Good fellas. So, Spectacularity is the engagement level, how engaged right. you were, whether you were distracted by runtime, or whether you were looking at your phone a lot. Why don't like you that. start by talking about The Irishman? Wait, you keep messing this up. All right, let's All do right, The fine. Irishman. No, that's fine. I got it. Um, because I know what you're going to talk about, and I want you to lead with it. So I gave... Because I can read your mind. The Irishman a three out of seven. Slightly okay. below average. I think the thing is, the movie is absolutely absurdly long. It's yeah. too long, sure. and the payoff is in the last 20 minutes. Right. Um, it's hard to get through in one sitting. When I first watched it, I, um, I, I left my phone in the other room. I really wish I saw it in theaters. I think that would have like made yeah. the... Uh, like the eye candy it was, elements. It was playing. It might still be playing in a theater. Near I, it was playing apartment. for a while. I, I almost went to see it. I just think that you could be more engaged in a theater than you can when you're watching yeah, on Netflix you and you can pause it. Out of your pocket. Yeah. yeah, it was just long. When I first watched it, though, in the beginning, I felt so locked in in the magic of another Scorsese movie. Like, I, he just makes you feel like you're inside one of his movies. Um, but that kind of burns out. All the stuff with Hoffa is like genu- genuinely thrilling to watch. Every yeah. single scene with Hoffa is great. Uh, and the moment you know he's going to get whacked like makes you need to watch the rest. Um, it's it's kind of sad and it, it's just interesting, especially when Frank takes on the task himself. It's just really intense and disturbing. Uh, and, and he just like so badly doesn't want to do it, but he knows that he has to do it. Right. Um, it's a pro. It, it, I mean, I, I talked about the theater thing. It's still when you put these guys together it, with this kind of script, 
um, you are naturally going to be engaged. So it's only slightly below average. And I felt like it had a lot of super funny moments, like the one I mentioned with uh-huh. the I do and the part when uh, Hoffa like accidentally yell, uh, yells at him because he's yelling at everyone in the room. He's like, you fucking idiots. He's like, I'm not going to take this. And Frank like walks out. He's like, hey, where are you going? Yeah. And he's like, you just call me a motherfucker or whatever. It was great. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I gave it a three, um, slightly below average. Okay. I gave it a four. I knew you were going to talk about how, like, the third act is really good. And, like, genuinely... It's amazing. Yeah. When, yeah. The lead up to Frank having to kill Jimmy. Yeah. That's what you're talking about, right? Right when it gets to that point and then the rest of it. Everything with him. I think everything with him in the retirement home is fascinating. Yeah. It's, like, totally. different than any Scorsese movie. Totally. And it's, like... The the Hoffa story, <laughs> Gabe just took off his shirt. No, I took <laughs> off my really sweatshirt. Uh, <laughs> threw me off, dude. I'm Let aroused. me pop my shirt off real quick. Um, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely a good, cool story about Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, I that's seen, really what the movie... Like, have you I, seen the Jack Nicholson Hoffa one? No, I haven't. Yeah, me neither. Okay, good conversation. <laughs> I was just wondering if it would be the same. <laughs> it's like it's a cool story about Jimmy Hoffa, and like I really am fascinated by what happened to him. And it's cool that how good Pacino is at playing Hoffa, but the the movie's too long. Like I wish it was just a movie about Al Pacino playing Hoffa, because yeah. Frank Sheeran, uh, Robert De Niro, is not compelling enough. He's a compelling character, but not really. It's like a such a slow burn, and if you if you really like slow character building and really good writing it's a great movie but it's also three and a half hours long it should be it's three and a half hours long it sounds so cliche and annoying but like there's no other movie i could think of that's three and a half hours long that i want to watch yeah there are some like i really like watching the godfather movies and they're really long but like I don't know i just feel like it needed to be a little bit more engaging in certain parts and it was like uh, the problem with Scorsese later in his career, I got this with Wolf of Wall Street, and tell me if you agree. It feels like he just adds too many details. Like, you could cut yeah. out details. A- and I-, I don't know. I also think the CGI is just, like, the de-aging CGI is, like, out. really distracting. It pulls yeah. you out of it. Let's talk about that really soon. But I gave it a four. Irish okay. Rate. Fair enough. Um, and, I- and I gave Goodfellas a six. Yeah. Oh, six. Nice. Same what did you me. give it? I gave it a six as well. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. Um, I just want to highlight that the use of music in Goodfellas is... Every, he's the best at music. The best. He. Yes. The best. I don't even want to single out a I scene. I the same thing. Because there are so many that just use music I like when perfectly. he uses the piano exit of Layla. He does in yes, the credits a, that's too, but when one. it's showing all the people that Jimmy is killing, like when he's just... And when he plays like, Sunshine of Your Love, perfect. Yeah, amazing. Gimme Shelter, Perfect. In that scene. So you got to see his uh, documentary that he made called The Last Waltz. For a lot of people, it's his best movie, even though it's a documentary. Ooh. It's about the, mo- the the band, The Band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the guy, Robbie Robertson, is from The Band, the guy who does his, like, scores sometime. Uh, Anyways, keep going. This is the big, like, thing, though. There's Joe Pesci is such a compelling character, and Ray Liotta is, at times, such a compelling character that even if Goodfellas was three and a half hours long, I think it'd be more engaging than The Irishman. Yeah. Because you've got this Joe Pesci character, and there isn't anyone that compelling in The Irishman, with the exception of maybe Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. But he's Stephen not... Graham a little bit, too. Yeah, but but, like... I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't have it for me. Um, there's also these cool, like the, there, this happens in the Irishman too, but the way that, that he, that Scorsese films deaths. Oh yeah. And the, in Goodfellas. Well, he changes it. It's almost, I'll talk about it in eye candy, but it, it's almost like, I'll, I'll save it. But yeah, it, keeps yeah. you, it keeps you so engaged. Oh, I totally agree. And I, I think that's going to be a point of conversation between the two movies. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I gave it a six out of seven. It throws you right in to the movie at the beginning. With They start with the scene with the trunk. That's like, it yeah, throws yeah, you yeah. right in. And then it, this will like kind of make or break whether you want to watch the movie. Watching a guy get stabbed with a kitchen knife and then shot a bunch who's already bloody and in a trunk Dude. is like, <laughs> if you want to stop the movie because you don't like violence, 
that's fine. I had the day off yesterday. I watched that scene. It was literally so, six. It was literally six forty-five in the morning. Yeah, because I woke up when Julie did. That's go to like work. too early. And I was like, oh god, I forgot that that's the first scene. In this yeah, movie. that is like too I was early. Like, to oh, dude. But I love like right oh. afterwards. It's just like. Oh. As as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And then it's like the title sequence, and then it's like Henry's life. And you were just roped in. And it's such good storytelling that it keeps yeah. you engaged at every moment. Um, it has a lot of narration, which normally is a problem for me. But I think it's um, it really works. It, it, it's not distracting. It more like tells no. you about the wise guys. Um, and it's not like it's repeating stuff that you're seeing on screen, really. Right. Um, there's so many montages, like, uh, uh, you know, in addition to the musical parts and they're, and they're really aided by music. Um, the scene, dude, the scene, one of the most engaging scenes in any movie is the scene with both of the scenes with Michael Imperioli as spider. Oh my Um, God. I mean, it, Tommy saying, he's like, I'm the Oklahoma kid. He's like, dance, dance. And then he's shooting. It's like so fucked. It, it, but if you're not locked into the movie at this point, uh, at this point, I don't know what you want from this Dude, movie. It's know. so engaging. But then in the next scene, it starts to go way off the rails because then he kills Spider, and it's like such a fucked up moment. But you could really Pacino's so good in that scene when he's just quiet. He gets quiet and he's just reflecting, and then Jimmy's egging him on. Not knowing what he's gonna do, I'm a good um, shot. What can I say? I'm a good shot. Yeah, dude. He's like, he's like, I'm not gonna fucking clean. He's like, I'll fucking clean. I'll chop up the body or whatever. Uh, dude. dude, the see, and then everything. It's like everything becomes really difficult to watch for the rest of the movie right. because you know Henry becomes a druggie. He has the scene. Uh, uh, he has the scene with Karen. The like domestic violence. Um, dude, the scene. The one of the most like heart pounding scenes is when Jimmy tells Karen to go down he's the. Just there, and he's he, like, makes that, he makes that gesture. She's, he's trying to he like kill her. He makes that gesture. Where he's like, it's there. Well, you just don't just even go, know if he is trying to just kill her. Go around, just go around the corner. Like I wonder. I still wonder to this day if he was trying to kill her. I don't think he not. is. He makes a funny face after. I I love the movie. Almost just like for being... dude, he makes his face after where you like. I maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it, it almost looks like he's like, dang, I probably should have killed her there. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's like, he's oh like, man, he's like, oh, oh, she really thought oh, she thought I was gonna kill her. Maybe I should have. <laughs> Probably would have been a good idea. Yeah, I, I just know. love that this is a movie about like hyper violence and a story of a guy in the mob, but it's also filled with just like riveting dialogue and crazy tonal shifts. Like, Amazing. Like one example is the scene where they they're setting the bamboo lounge on fire. And they're sitting in the car, and Tommy's talking about the Jew broad that he wants to like go out with, and it's just amazing. It's like almost Tarantino level dialogue. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, don't shit," and then we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so that was a six from Nick and me for spectacularity for Let's, Goodfellas, for Goodfellas, and a four and a three for Irishman. Right. Let's move on to eye candy. Let's stay on Goodfellas, Nicholas. Uh, okay. <laughs> you started off. Let's talk about Goodfellas. Dude, there's so candy. many walks in Goodfellas. There's a, oh, tracking shot walks. There's yeah. a lot of walking, and mm-hmm. all of the walking is so well filmed. I mean, I have one scene I really want to highlight for being like one of the most insane tracking shots. The Karen walking scene is horrifying, and all she's doing is walking. And right. The camera's just following her as she's walking. Yeah. And it's. It's a combination of the acting and the way that it's shot that's just so... Lorraine Bracco is so good in it. She's amazing. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? No. She's Dr. Melvin or whatever? She's oh, like really? his She's his psychiatrist. Oh, she's like the third uh, that's lead. where I've seen her before. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I've seen some episodes, but I, I need to watch it. But Yeah, she's great. Um, It's amazing. It's horrifying. Um, And then what I wanted to say before that I'm saving for now... Is that the way that brutality is portrayed is always quick and sudden and like almost like they sped up the the it's almost like they sped it up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he doesn't like he doesn't film what's going to be shot. He films it one millisecond after it's been shot, just yeah. like it would happen in in like IRL. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, it's very quick. <laughs> love that, love and that it's... acronym, uh, <laughs> Earl. Um, it's, and it's so like yeah. clean and sudden that it's like, oh, uh, every time someone dies, it's like, oh, oh uh. it's really violent. It's really disturbing. And it's, and it's like, it's because I think it's because it's like, it seems to me like there's a camera trick. I don't know. That's this is, this is what's happening, but it's almost like he, he cuts to it uh, with a very slight delay so that you're like, uh, uh, like you, you hear the shot yeah. and then you're yeah, like, oh, I know oh, you oh, there it is. 
Um, and I just think that it's it's fantastic. I That's gave it a uh, I gave it a six. I could give it a five. Yeah, I mean, so I give it a five. Um, this movie came out in 1990, so obviously yeah. it's going to age a little bit. And I don't think it aged that poorly in anything. <laughs> no, um, Ray Liotta's supposed to be 21 in a scene, though. And I was like, okay. Oh, it's ridiculous. Sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this was uh, shot by Michael Ballhaus. Ballhaus. <laughs> he uh, he does a lot of Scorsese's most famous movies. I, I think he also did. No, he didn't do The Irishman because that was uh, Prieto. Um, but the tracking shot of Henry taking Karen into the Copa Cabana. Oh my is God. So unbelievable good. when it's co- weaving through the kitchen and stuff. Oh, I mean, dude. it's amazing. I love, good call. Good I love when Henry gets older and they take you through the bamboo lounge and they're introducing each character. And that's the part when he's like, grace to base. Como se va? Yeah. Uh, but they're saying they, they just like each of them has one and they're like, that's Jimmy two times. Cause he always says things two times. He's like, I'm going to get up and go get the paper, get the paper. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Um, he has an impediment. I hate the pointy suited, uh, the pointy collars on their. Oh my their god! What is that? Is that a thing? I don't know. Do? It looks so bad. It They're always distracts so me in this movie. I've never seen it before. It's like seven it's inch just collars, Italian, dude. Um, the fast zoom ins down to their nips, like the fast what? zoom ins into <laughs> characters' faces are really yeah. cool. Um, it, it, he has really good execution of like freeze frames in this too. Um, it was made with a $25 million budget, which is fucking crazy because Irishman, which we'll talk about in a second, was made with a $165 million budget. This was $25 million and, a million and looks better. I wow. have one gripe. There's one scene that really, you really bothers me. Grape? We're going to need one more grape. We're going to need more grapes than that. Oh, we're going to need more wax. Uh, <laughs> uh, one gripe is um, I don't like when they show Tommy kill stacks. The Samuel L. Jackson's character, oh, yeah. they ki- they show him kill him. Then he leaves with uh with the guy with the uh, eyebrows, and then then Henry narrates and it shows the scene again, but in slow motion of him killing the guy mm. and just showing how violent he's getting. It's okay. just bizarre to repeat a scene where you already left the scene. It felt like a mistake. Um, okay, interesting. I didn't notice that, but that's a good. It's good. I, it's not my favorite filming, but I will say that I, I that Copacabana shot is just like incredible. Um, yeah. Let's so that was a five for me and a six from Nick uh, for Eye Candy for Goodfellas. Let's talk about Eye Candy with uh, the Irishman. Why don't you start? You want me to start? Okay. Um. Okay. So I I had a hard time here. Me too. I gave it a four. Same. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we're 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 boys. Yeah. Uh, the framing of each shot. Um is obviously incredibly intentional. Like, I don't think I've ever noticed editing before, but... So, it's the same editor. She was nominated. She's, like, one of the most famous editors in the world, Thelma Schoonmaker. Okay. Um, Don't think I've ever really noticed it before, but I noticed the editing is, like, markedly good in this movie. Um, The slow crawl to to Jimmy's demise is beautiful, but the de-aging is just fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't... It just doesn't work. Did you know they had a posture coach? Uh, I, yeah. Well, what was it he didn't, doing? He didn't do anything right because I mean, it's not that it's not just that their face looks de-aged because at one point you get used to it. The problem is their bodies don't. Yeah, they don't operate move the right way because they're like calcified or whatever. Like, and they, they had a posture coach, and I don't know what dude, he did. The scene when he's beating up the shop owner that's like abusing his kid or whatever that like yelled at his kid looks so dumb isn't there technology to put his face on another strong guy's body yes there is they did it with army hammer's face in social network yeah for less money i'm sure just do that dude i mean the budget is 160 million it's got to be a waste the cgi is distracting especially the blue eyes that they give de niro like he couldn't wear like lenses in his eyes why did his eyes even need to be blue just tell us he's irish um, I think uh, it would have been better in theaters. I think it would have. A lot of people said it wasn't bad in theaters. Um, I didn't. At first, I didn't like the way that the violence looked. It was really quick and it was subtle. But it was. I. I until I realized how intentional it was. I think that's Scorsese. Whereas Goodfellas yeah. is is glorifying violence and stuff and showing it in really disturbing ways. This one's showing it. I watched this cool video about how it's like. 
it, it's a it's a retro way of looking at it and kind of like correcting himself and like making it less interesting disturbing um it's very fast um hmm. I, the editing is incredible like she just gets scorsese she does both of these movies thelma shoemaker it, it's Oh, she did both? Yeah, and I think she should have won the Oscar for best editing. It went to Ford versus Ferrari is really, really yeah. well edited. The problem with this is like you you can't give editing at the Oscars because they love over editing. You can't give it to a movie that's still three and a half hours long. Like edit sh- some of that shit out. Um, I also, I got to <laughs> say the cinematography is incredible. It's a, it, it's Prieto, it I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's... He's incredible. You just feel like you're in a Scorsese movie with his framing, like you said. Um, the sh- the intense stills of a building or something is really cool that he does. He does this in uh, Shutter Island as well. Uh, the shot, dude, the, the ending shot of him alone in the room with the door creeped open is something that's going to stick in my mind yeah. forever. It's the shot that everyone's talking about. It, it it's, it's amazing. amazing. And and the, and, uh, and the way that they focus on his daughter's reactions when she's talking to, when she's, when she as a kid can tell the difference in morality between Hoffa and Pesci's character. And Pesci's so sad and like concerned. She's like, she, I don't know what it is. She doesn't like me. And she's scared of him she, because she knows this is a bad person. But Hoffa is like, you know, Hoffa did bad things, but he was a better person. And he's good intention and he, for and the he most part. And he treated her like a grandchild and he liked being like, like a grandpa. Yeah. And it's really fucking tragic because it gets to the moment with Anna Packin, the most incredible moment by her, when she walks into the room and she looks at the TV and sees that Hoffa died and she just knows her dad did it. Yeah. And... It, it, it's that's, that's incredible the best, filming. It, like, that's that story and just just Hoffa's Hoffa's story is the best part of this movie. It's so good. So I I, I, I still I, I give it a four. It's still kind of average for Scorsese. And you can't for get you just can't get over the, the CGI and the aging. It's just not. Well, let's move on to the next category. Yeah. Let's do originality. Um, okay. we'll, we'll stick with the Irishman. Uh, originality is just where we talk about the creativeness, uh, creativity of the movie. Uh, yeah, did it need to be made? Did it need um, to be made? Does it stand out among his movies, among the other genre movies, of the genre? Like gangster movies? You, you go ahead and lead off. So I give it a six out of seven. I, I, pretty high um, for The Irishman. I just think that it's a really clever self-reflection on the movies that he made and a commentary on that and about – it's a commentary on himself and the three – lead actors who are all, or actually the four actors with Harvey Keitel and how how much they've aged over that time and what it really means to like lose this legacy and who holds the stories and stuff. Um I one really clever thing that I love is the death descriptions. Whenever they show a yeah. character, they show how that character dies and I you know it's probably all based on reality in the book. Um I heard you paint houses, but I th- I think that it's um it works in this because you sh- he shows you this is what this life is good for. See this guy? He's happy here. Well, guess what? He's going to get shot four times in the guess back what? of the head. Boom, he's dead. Yeah. Bing, pow. Bing, pow. Yeah. The father-daughter what relationship is like shoehorned in, but it's incredible. Like it's – you know, I just talked about how good the writing is about like how the daughter chooses the two characters. Um, I think the 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 whole aspect of him like – him staying alive and keeping those stories even though everyone is dead and he won't admit anything to the cops and no one believes him is really well done. Mm-hmm. I love the narration and I think it's the way that they break the fourth wall in this works really well. Uh, it, it, it's hard to understate like how important this movie is to Scorsese's legacy. And I'm not talking about like this movie as a legacy. I'm talking about how creative and cool it was for him to make this. And so I think that that is really original. And I think uh, beyond everything, I can't stop thinking about the quote, I heard you paint houses because when you find out how fucked up that is yeah. that Hoffa set, meets him by asking that. And then he paints his house with Hoffa's brains is like the most tragic storytelling that Scorsese's ever done. Yeah. But I don't know that I didn't think it was very original. I gave it a four in this category. Oh shit. We about to throw down. I dude. just don't. Maybe I haven't seen enough Scorsese movies to you like. You haven't. 
No, I definitely haven't. But <laughs> like to uh, to understand truly why it's a commentary. I mean, sure. we chose these two movies because of of Scorsese's movies, Goodfellas is probably the one that he's commenting on the most with Irishman. Sure. Definitely. Um but like is it really original amongst other gangster movies? It's just so sprawling and full of different information that I guess that's original. And like the Hoffa story I think it's the themes I'm talking about. Is like original? that it brought in those themes to what we are used to as a gangster story. Which themes? The themes about aging, the like keeping the stories about um which this one really shows the differences between what side you choose. Whereas Goodfellas, it's like, ah, man, this guy keeps making more and more mistakes. And then in the end, he gets away, uh, you know, in the witness protection program. This one is like, you have these clear choices and he thinks he's this honorable man. It's like really well paired with Vito Corleone's story for the, uh, you haven't seen Godfather part two, right? That's the, um, I've read it though. Yeah, but the story about Vito Corleone, like what Vito, it's like the difference between Vito Corleone and uh, and Michael Corleone in Godfather Part Two is so incredible because it's like you do these violent acts, but it's it's like what are you doing it for? Vito's doing it to protect his family and to like keep them safe. The which is the same thing as protecting his family. Uh, Michael does it because he <laughs> wants power, and and I really like that. That's what this movie is about. It's almost like Brian Kranz. It's almost like Walter White, Frank Sheeran's life. Okay. Okay. I guess that's original. Yeah. For a gangster movie, but I don't think it's original. I mean, I think you have a fair point. I'm I think just it's original saying, for I think a they movie. Add that into the gangsters. I think it's like a new iteration of it. Yeah. Okay. I what can see best? that, but. Um, like I still, I gave them both the same score. So I gave Goodfellas a four as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I don't think it's very original either, but it's, it's obviously very good. I just don't think this is the category where I want to award at points. I don't think that they're like original movies. They borrow tropes from other like gangster movies and like, it's just, they don't seem to be like super original, but they're not unoriginal to me. Like like Goodfellas borrows from The Godfather and uh, from Scarface and having fun tales about mobsters is fun. Like yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know that they're original. I don't. No, I, don't. I think that's a good point. I um I gave it a five, so a little a slightly above average. I think that you have the right point because I think. What I like about The Irishman is that it's taking these like deeper themes and adding it to a gangster story and just a life story. Whereas Goodfellas is like, I don't know what it's telling us about society or anything. I, I don't know how clever it is, like what it's adding to the genre, except for that it's iconic. Like this is We're cooking on pasta attempt. wrong. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's true. That's um, what I learned about I, I, society. <laughs> Yeah, I and I, I let it stick to the pan. I cooked pasta I while I was watching it, goofing, and did I did really? it wrong, dude. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think the structuring of the film is amazing. Like, I think it's really well handled, especially like how they speed it up in the end, and like where it's going, and how it just like kind of abruptly ends with Henry's life. Yeah. Um, I think the character story in general for Henry is incredible. I think it's really creatively like subtle that. It, 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 it's really subtle how it how it goes his like arc and it's so cool how it's like a slow descent into turning him into a complete and utter druggy gangster sociopath paranoid piece of shit yeah like he's a piece of garbage um <laughs> we I, I think we needed this movie so I'm gonna give it above average because okay. I think we really needed this. I it was Scorsese's take on the gangster genre and I you know we're gonna talk in legacy like I mean this movie's iconic. Um, I think the smoke and mirrors differences between the narration and what's happening is really cool. Like how Tommy is like he or Henry is uh, Henry believes that Jimmy's not going to kill that one guy that keeps bothering him. Oh yeah. And then it happens right afterwards. And then later when they're like, you know, and Tommy's about to be made, which basically makes us made. And we're like getting ready for this. And right then, Tommy's like, oh fuck, and then they kill him. <laughs> and it's murdered. like, I love the way they do that. The thing I'm gonna knock it for too is it's based off of a book, just like The Irishman. But I oh, think yeah. it's 
it's based off of real life and it just felt like he was just trying to make a cooler version of the godfather yeah he's like let me take this story but make it cooler um it's sexy also the breaking of the fourth wall doesn't work in this like and the end where he breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera and is talking about it, i was like i, I don't like it it, uh, it didn't work interesting. for me. But I love the fourth, because the fourth wall had been broken from the start of the Irishman. And right. it's an old guy telling you stories about the shit that he kept in his head. That works. Okay. I love that. So, I don't know. That's a five. Nick gave it a four. Uh, let's move on to our last category, Legacy. Legacy. There you go. Hey, okay. hey, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> what are we uh, starting with? Let's start with the Irishman. Okay, so legacy is how this holds up in the genre. I think the, the, and the history of and movies, the, the all history of movies, and I think that the Irishman will hold up. Yeah, I give it a five. Okay. I think above the average, it's going to have some sort of a legacy, if for no other reason than Scorsese released a film onto Netflix that's three and a half hours long. True. Um, it's critically acclaimed, um, but. The knock here is that the legacy of The Irishman is greatly boosted by the legacy of Scorsese and his other movies like Goodfellas. Oh, that's a great point. It's a fun, like, is it going to stand by itself if Scorsese isn't, if someone else makes it? Or if Scorsese isn't Scorsese and doesn't have the, doesn't have Goodfellas in his, his, uh, huh? uh, uh, I almost said discography, his videography. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's a fun category to talk about between these two because, because Irishman is an extension of Goodfellas. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a great point. It's like, it's interesting to talk about though. I, so I gave Goodfellas the nod here. I gave it a six and I gave Irishman a five. Okay. I gave, I realized that I take a very objective approach to legacy. I talk about how it's talked about and whether it will be talked about. Here's the thing. I gave it a two out of seven and I, and I really like this movie. I think it holds up for me. You know, I've only, it, it just came out, but I think that I'm, I'm going to think about the, f- the last third of this movie a lot. I already do. I, yeah. I'm, I felt really impacted by this movie. It was, it made top 10 for me for mm-hmm. 2019 and that was a tough year. Um, it's a good movie. Like, I, I don't think, think people are going to look back at as this much, as good as it is, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I read that someone was saying like, I think this is a mistake the way people are treating this movie. And we're going to look back and be like, look at that masterpiece by uh, Scorsese. Yeah. I, I uh, only time's so going to tell. And personally, I think I'll talk about it and rewatch it, but that's not everyone. Listen, it got nominated for a lot of awards. It got nominated for 10. It walked away with zero. Yeah. And this is Scorsese making a movie to kind of win awards. Like it's like it just felt like an award type movie. And then getting part of that, shown so many times. Part of that Oscars. is Netflix. Yeah. You know? And, and, oh yeah, and they gotta show it all the time. I mean, it was talked about very highly by critics, but a lot of people won't watch this movie. And a lot of people came away being like that wasn't worth it. You know, I disagree, but um, that's it. That's it. And the thing is, you're right. It will always exist on Netflix. And we're not – the benefit of putting it on Netflix, even though it's, they spent $160 million on it, is you're just never going to know if it hurt Netflix or not because Netflix won't release that kind of stuff. And we don't no. even know how it works really. No. Um, I don't know. I just think like I taking the objective approach, I think this is just like – it. What it's was your two, rating? Yeah, I give it a two out of seven two. because I just it what it wasn't that well. It was well received by critics, but I think overall it's not that it it just didn't. It's not going to be that talked about beyond you know a few people that really loved it. Um, I kind of think it depends on where Scorsese goes next. True. I mean, he could. It depends on all of them, but I do think. Like, what if like, he makes another meta movie? I just about? feel like I think you're right. <laughs> I think people are gonna like want to go back and watch Goodfellas more than they're gonna want to rewatch this or something. So yeah. I, I don't know. So you said that you gave Goodfellas so, a six. Yeah, I gave Goodfellas a six. The house that appears at the beginning of The Irishman is the same house that's in Goodfellas. Oh, that's really cool. I think that that kind of says it all. Yeah. Uh, not not literally though, because I have more to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's it. Nope, you're done. <laughs> that's the end of our podcast. I think Goodfellas is probably the most fun gangster movie out there. I think that might have been what Scorsese was going for. Yeah. There are some other layer cake. Ooh, what's that one? Daniel Craig, dude. Oh, I gotta oh, watch Daniel that. Craig and Tom Hardy. Isn't so boy. good. Um, the and, like I said, it's not the most original. It's not the most epic, but I think it's the most fun. And it's, and it has 
some of the most meaningful and memorable acting performances ever. Definitely. I give it a seven. I mean, I'm taking like a purely objective approach to this. Yeah. Uh, actually, six. no, no, part of it, it no, part of it is subjective for me because this is iconic. Like, this is one of the most beloved movies ever. Yeah. Everyone loves this movie. Some people think it's the best mobster movie. Uh, you know, for people that don't like my Godfather one. that much, you know, like some people respect Godfather but don't like it that much, and they'd re- they prefer Goodfellas. I think they're dumb, but. I, you know, it's like, it's a preference thing. I prefer it, but not for that reason. Um, I think it's it, like me and Alec, uh, my roommate, just like we and friend, um, we had <laughs> just discussed like a few months ago. We were like, what's the most overrated movie for us? And like, we both talked about Goodfellas because we were like, dude, people think this is one of the best movies ever. And like, I think there are better Scorsese movies. And I think that they're like Casino is better. But dude, I'm going to take that back because it, like it's it skyrocketed up my Scorsese list. I like it like 10 more times, uh, t- 10 times more than I did. I'm going to watch it like 10 more times in my life, if not more. Um, it was nominated for six Oscars and it won one. I think it's fucking absurd that Scorsese didn't win Best Director for this. He's won. Scorsese has been nominated. Let's see. He's been nominated nine times as director. He's won once for The Departed. He lost to Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Dude. It won Dances with Wolves, won Best Picture, and it won Best Director <laughs> That's this <brutal>. year. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, the only Oscar it won was Joe Pesci. Um, Man, I, all I can think of now is trying to figure out what the most overrated movie of all time for me is. Oh, so. uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, I think even with like the misogyny and racism, this movie ages yes. well because it's it's about those characters. Like those characters probably were racist. They were fucking and like it's not like Italian you're supposed to like any of those characters. Yeah, in that exactly. Movie, except uh, for Karen. So by the way, to keep everyone up to date, because they give you like a postscript at the end, Henry Hill died in 2012 and Jimmy Conway died in 1996. So they are no longer with us. Oh yeah. Okay, so let's yeah. add up our scores. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, what did you give it? You gave it a seven. Okay, so that means for me, Irishman gets a twenty-four. Nice. And Goodfellas gets a twenty-nine out of thirty-five. Out of thirty-five, I gave Goodfellas a thirty out of thirty-five. Interesting. I thought you'd go lower than me. Honestly. I thought I would too, but this rewatch like this just one of my favorites. For me. Interesting. The Irishman, which I really love, got a twenty-one out of thirty-five. Which is fair for Weird. these categories, but it, it got kind of brutal. It's still one of my favorite movies of last year. So, um, that's combined, not how I thought that would shape up. Yeah. That was a weird one. Combined, that's a 47 out of 70 for Irishman. You, and, could, you could be making this up. I didn't add them up. And a... 45? Uh, 59 out of 70, uh, 74. Um, Goodfellas. Good for you, Goodfellas. You're a great movie. You, you're one what of our you highest What did you say Irishman got total? You said 26 out of 20, 24. Oh, my bad. So, okay. So, 20, so 45. 45 out of 45 70. 45 to 59. Nine. There you go. You win, good fellas. Nick, break, let's break, break, break down break. in our accolade section. Let's break down our top five favorite Scorsese movies. And, I mean, we'll, we'll specify it. You know, it's fair because a lot of people haven't, but I'm pretty sure you've seen like seven Scorsese movies. But I think our lists are going to be different. I'm interested to hear this. Okay. Did we put an order? Because I didn't really put mine in order. I put mine in order. Go ahead and do it however you Okay, so then you give me your your number five first, and I'll put this in order. My number five is Casino. Uh, Great film about, I think it's about Lucky Luciano. Um, But it's it's Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, like, at the top of their game. I put it in order. Yeah. I think I put it in order when I wrote it. What's your number five? Wolf of Wall Street. Interesting. Wolf of Wall Street is my 10th favorite. It's one probably one of the most overrated movies ever. Definitely. I mean, it's that, if you want to talk about structuring, there's so much you could cut out of that movie and it'd yeah, be a million sure. times better. I think it's one of the most overrated It's one of the movies. more I still put fun it number movies. five, which definitely means that I haven't seen enough Scorsese movies. Yeah. I mean, I know the thing is about Wolf of Wall Street, it's like so fun to rewatch because they're, the every scene with the actors is so great. Yeah. It just doesn't work as a full movie for me. Yeah. It's a little messy. All right. My number four is a movie that you haven't seen, but you would love. And it's called After Hours. 
it's a lot of people like After Hours and The Last Waltz as their favorite Scorsese's. Interesting. It's great. It's just about this guy who decide he lives in like uh, New York and he decides to go out late at night and everything goes wrong. It's a really funny comedy. Ooh. What's your number four? Okay. Shutter Island. Mmm. Cool. One that we've already done. Yeah, my number three is have... Goodfellas. Okay. Fucking love Goodfellas. It's a great movie. I, I would have it higher were it not for my top two. Okay. What's your number three? Gangs of New York. Oh, that is like 11th for me. Really? I really love that movie. Have you rewatched it? Um, no, but I keep wanting to. It's aged pretty poorly. But, but it is, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis. won't watch it with me because it's too long. Dude, it, it's still great. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is fucking incredible in it. I know, but it's a commitment and yeah. I love it. Yeah. At least the first two times I've seen it. Maybe the third time I won't like it as much. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Okay, my what's your number two? Number two is Shutter Island. Okay. We all know I love Shutter Island. Not as much as Jimmy, who gave good, it a perfect good. score. But yeah. What's your number two? He directed Hugo? Yeah. <laughs> I like Hugo. I Hugo was his love letter to film. Interesting. Um, my number two is The Departed. Nice. That's my number one, boy. Is it your number one? So it was almost Dude, my number I one. I fucking love I've seen The Departed. It was it's pretty much a tie for me, but I put it number two just because that's what I wrote how I wrote this list, because my number one was Goodfellas. Oh, nice. Okay, so we had a pretty similar list. Uh, what was your dude, number? Oh, so your num- my number one is the, is the Departed. I love okay. the Departed. I think it's yeah, it's one not of bad. His mo- I think it's his most complete movie. Um, you should just- see Silence. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. It's- Silence is on my list. I'm still gonna watch it because the cinematography looks great. It's like beautiful, but it's like ugh. So my my ugh. honorable mentions. Uh, there are I have okay. I had I've seen 17 of his movies. I still need to see six of them. Uh, I think it, that's the right. Yeah, my uh, honorable mentions are Silence and The Aviator and Yeah, The Aviators on mine. Um Have I really only seen 7 Scorsese movies? Did I call it on the dot? Oh man, that's great. Oh man. So, I uh my number 6 Oh no, no, no I've seen 8 cuz The Irishman. <laughs> oh, nice. Man, I was so close. The Irishman is my number six. I it really worked for me. Uh, Raging Bull number seven for me. Uh, Aviator number eight for me. Color of Money number nine for me. Oh. Uh, great movie about pool. It's a it's a follow up to um, what's it called when you hustle people? Oh, the Hustler or whatever. They when you when you hustle people for I think it's a Hustler. It's something with Paul Newman where he's a billiards player. Um, and then mm. Color of Money is the follow-up to that, and it's him and Tom Cruise, and it's amazing. Oh. It's so good. Dude. Um, I, I, I love Scorsese movies. Not him. a single one I've watched is bad, but uh, do you have any quotes that you didn't get to that you want to say? Um, I really like the quote. Uh, I really like the, I'm a good shot. What can I say? I'm a good shot. Yeah. it's so, so messed, messed up. up, dude. So messed up. It's like, dude, you shot him like four times in the chest. Like, I love. You're not a good shot. I love when the cop walks up to his car and he knows it's, he's like, oh, I knew it's a, a cops. And he goes, if they had been wise guys, I wouldn't have heard a thing. I would have been fucking dead. Love it. Uh, the police department for wise guys. Yeah. That's a good line. That is a good one. Uh, I love the whole speech that the lawyer gives about rats. I didn't understand why they were called rats until do, that do moment. Do your Raul Silva impression. No, the little rats. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you have any recommendations for things that other people should see? Um. Ooh, I wasn't thinking of this question i mean i recommend the rest of the scorsese movies i said yeah i'm definitely gonna probably you, watch all i of recommend them. after hours it's great it's so I'm gonna, funny i'm gonna watch it dude yeah i, I think don't... you i think you would really enjoy it i wasn't thinking about the wreck i'm gonna thing. recommend this again because this new watch of the irishman made me want to rewatch this road to perdition you gotta watch it okay, sam mendez just kills fine. it fine and then the other one is Miller's Crossing. The Coen Brothers uh, gangster movie is really good. Um, it's it's pretty. It, it's not that well known, um, but you should go check it out. Gabriel Byrne is really good in it. Um, okay. Next week, 
Oh, wait, did you have any other recommendations? No, I don't. Go Next ahead. week, we are finally going to do it. We're doing Clueless versus Mean Girls with Holla Annie, a- a- Holla oh, Annabelle Brown. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, she killed it. Uh, she's really funny, so stay tuned for that. You can see Mean Girls, I think it's on Hulu right now. Uh, and the week after that, one of my best friends in the world, Alex Smoley, oh, is coming on that? the podcast, and he is doing McGruber versus Austin oh, Powers International get, Man of Mystery. Humorous. It's going to be super goofy. So go watch all of those movies if you haven't already. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We are Instagram.com slash FacingOffPod. Twitter.com slash FacingOffPod. And FacingOffPodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email so we can read it for everyone. Also, check out at the end of this episode, we're going to give you a promotion uh, for the Movies That Molded Me podcast, which you should check out. And we are going to be on that on February 22nd. First. What? 21st? I think it's the 21st. Oh, I thought it was 22nd. Well, we'll be on check there and we'll let everyone know. Days. <laughs> Do you have a send-off? Um, I'm saying to the best of my recollection, I must recall my memory, I cannot remember. Karen! Karen! <laughs> Karen! <laughs> <laughs>podcast listeners this is elizabeth and this is chris what's going on it's omar here from movies that molded me what is movies that molded me it's the most fun podcast around (laughs) it's a movie ranking (laughs) game show where we take our favorite movies from a specific topic or genre and play against each other to create the definitive top five list where can we find movies that molded me you can find us on apple podcast and spotify and then if you want to follow us on our socials you can find us at movies that molded me on instagram facebook at movies that molded me and molded me on twitter check it out it's a lot of fun (laughs) you need to listen to our show